JoeVertigan.com, this on-the-record segment brought to you by Jerovitz Motorsports Shock Services. And with me is a, a guy who in recent years now, well-known more for his track prep uh, at 141 Speedway in Francis Creek. But I knew this guy in the mid-90s when he cut his teeth into racing as a rookie at the age of, what, maybe 46? 46, 47, yes. In, in the old Wimson Mini Sprints at uh, Chilton, uh, talking with Merle Lizaway. Merle, you were kind of late to the game age-wise getting into racing. How and, and when did you ever get involved with it uh, from day one? Uh, let's start from the beginning. I used to go up to WIR and watch the races, and then when they come back to Chilton, when Rudolph opened up there, I thought, well, I'm going to try it once. And we started out, we bought a Pro 4 and run that for a while. And then when Randy Sipple come along with his renter, I, I jumped into that, and the rest is history. I mean, you know, being from Chilton, you farm there for a lot of years and, and still do uh, on a more limited basis. Um, what were your thoughts of getting into that racing game? Was it more of a, a local thing? You knew a lot of the participants. I mean, your brother Dave got into it as well with the mini sprints. Uh, um, just uh, when you got into the mini sprints from the Pro 4s, that was a renter ideal with Randy Sipple, correct? Yes, yeah, because I started prepping track. I, I drove the Pro 4. And then I used to rub my butt all the times in the, all the ruts that were on the track. And I said, it has to be better racing than what we got. So I got in prepping the track and then I didn't have no time to keep the car going. So Randy had his rent to ride and I jumped into that and it was fun. Because you didn't have time to maintain it pretty much, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. So when you got into the track prep, did you have more of an appreciation Uh to the track prep part of it, you know, having been a driver as well. So if drivers come up and say, have suggestions as we're doing this now, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I mean, Chilton always had a reputation in the mid-90s. It was smooth and silk, and it was normally very, very tacky at the end of the night. I mean, what's your idea of the perfect rate dirt track? Back then, it was a tackier track. You didn't have as many cars. Uh, it's harder to keep a track tacky. But with the new technology we got now in the cars, all the side bite and stuff, you can never get a track like that to stay smooth anymore. It, the main thing that most drivers will tell me, I don't care what it does as long as it stays smooth. So that's what I go after. Because that's a lot uh, less wear and tear. And if it's not smooth, that could potentially cost teams a lot of money. And in this day and age, is pretty important. Yes, yeah, that it is. Uh, I remember at 141 when we started out there, it was rough with the new clay, new track. There were shocks and springs laying all over the tracks, and I almost had to run to my vehicle to get away so people wouldn't get mad at me. But, yeah. Uh, it's it's turned around. We've got got a pretty well down path. I've been doing it 28 years now. So We're going to get into that in a little bit because there's a lot to talk about with the track prep. But your own racing career, you did mini sprints. Did you ever expand and do any 360 racing or anything of that nature? I rented a few nights from Randy the 360, but uh, I don't know. It, I guess it was too late. My reactions weren't quite as fast no more because I didn't get into it right away. So right after I got done with the mini sprints, that was it. Let's go back to the mini sprints. We're talking about Chilton Speedway, folks. The old Calumet County Fairgrounds, the quarter mile boring. Uh, I had the privilege of announcing some pretty good races there. In my opinion. Those mini sprints were almost custom made for that track, or vice versa. What's your take on it? Oh, they were. I mean, the 
the track record is 11 points something it was there. I mean, we were five seconds faster in the Grand National around there, and, and it, them little cars just stuck to the to the dirt like to no end. It was fun racing. You know, and if you look back on it, there's quite a few drivers uh, that have gone on to do some pretty big things. Mike Kircher is one example, who is kind of the head honcho at Road America. Uh, you had John Haney, who was a top gun at IRA in the IRA sprint cars in the 410s. Yeah, you also had Ryan um, Ryan yeah, Matthews, Matthews was another one. Uh, there were some big names that went through all that stuff. So it was a good uh, uh, training ground for a lot of drivers. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was fun watching those guys progress up. Haney won the IRA championship one year. And like you said, Mike Kirshner now, he's CEO of Road America. I mean, he was a young kid back then. A young punk that didn't care. He just well, drove I, the wheels off of it. He, many a driver were mad at him. <laughs> but I do remember Mike Kircher and, and Mike or Randy Sipple would make this comment. This kid hustled and at the age of 17 went out and got a lot of his own sponsors for that racing program. So uh, hats off to him for that back then. Oh, yes. Yeah, he was a go-getter. He still is. I mean, I remember he sold his merchandise underneath the stand. And, yeah, he was he's a fun kid. So <laughs> let's... let's uh, what at what year did you actually get out of uh, get out of the racing uh, yourself? At, around what time period? Oh, I'm gonna say 2005, somewhere in there. I I couldn't pinpoint what year it was, but what were the reasons you got out of it at that time? Well, I was prepping track. I was farming. Uh, it, it just all kept kept coming down to not enough time. There's know, only like, so many hours in a day, right? That's correct. Yeah, so right. many hours. Yeah, and you. What you got to do, you got to do good. So something had to go, and that was the racing. So. Well, let's fast forward then. Uh, after the 2009 season into 2010, uh, a major event occurred in northeastern Wisconsin. I was there, part of that as well. Uh, the 141 Speedway, which had been p built paved, uh, converted to dirt. And in 2010, that was the dirt track. And you kind of were involved with that deal, and you have been at that track since prepping the track. Um, talk about the changes, the configuration. Initially, a lot of drivers didn't like that because the corners were a lot different. I remember hearing a lot of negative feedback back in 2010 when that first opened. It was terrible. I mean, uh, the first night we raced, there was oil pans all over the place, it dense, and it was a rough. It was Bruce wanted to get this going, and I think it should have sat one year before we went farther, but. Uh, it was rough. I, there were a lot of drivers mad at me, but uh, there was nothing I could do. It, right. And it's it turned out it's great. Now we did I did a lot of shaping to the track. It's it's fast. It's fast. So when you when you you have a lot of uh, some good equipment at your disposal, is prepping a track is there a fine line between a lot of drivers, especially the mod guys, they want a dry slick track because the cars typically set up better for that, but the risk running, you know, getting some dust, and then you got you have your you're paying customers to consider too in terms of you don't want to be choking them down with dust. Is it a pretty fine line from your standpoint? Because 141s is pounding a lot more cars on a surface every week compared to many other tracks. So is that where the challenge lies for you in terms of prepping that track? Yes, that's you know drivers years ago told me that all they wanted it is smooth. So. That's the main thing I try to do is smooth. I, I got a concoction I worked up now. I mix in on a track. Which you're uh, not going to reveal either, right? He won't even tell me, right? <laughs> no, no, no. It's, and it's it's worked real good. I missed in between races. Uh, 
which keeps it real good. We can keep a top line, a low line, and it's good racing. I mean, we run 180 cars through in less than four hours, so it, it's fun. What's the hardest part of what you do prepping the track? What's the most difficult thing? Is it is it dealing with Mother Nature? And, you know, if you have 180 drivers, you're going to have, like you said, six winners in a night. You're never, ever, ever going to make everybody happy, right? No, no, you can't. The biggest thing is, is trying to keep it smooth. I mean, Mother Nature, well, whatever she throws, she throws, you know, you got to work with that. But uh, it's just keeping it smooth and getting enough moisture in the top that we can get that little berm to work with and go from there. Do you see, looking down the road, uh, do you have anybody that, that, you know, I don't know how many more years you plan on doing it. You don't sound like you want to slow down anytime soon. Do you see any young people that want to step up and say, hey, I want to go do track prep. Anybody wants to learn that craft? Because let's face it, it's something like racetrack announcing or other, you know, teching. It's not a job that everybody wants to do or is capable of doing. Uh, is there anybody you're trying to groom to maybe take over if you ever did decide to hang it up? No, no <laughs> nobody's ever come up to me and offered that. That's a... It's uh, I'll like I said I'll do it as long as I can. Uh, when it gets that far, I guess we'll have to challenge that when the time comes. But but you you slowed back you slowed down in the farming though, right? You're down to what five cows you said? Yes, uh, just five feeders. I, I <laughs> yep. have no milk cows no more. So at least when I come home at two o'clock in the morning, I don't have to get up at quarter to five no more to, to work. I can s sleep till noon or whatever. And do you ever look back on some of those days and say, how the heck did I ever pull that off? Yeah, how stupid the guy was to do it, man. It, <laughs> it was rough. It was rough. Um, I had a good wife. She put up with me, so. Oh, yeah. It was fun. I mean, I, I wouldn't give it up for nothing. So, folks, when you're at a race at 141 Speedway and you can see cars going four wide and slicing and dicing, uh, uh, you can thank Merle Lizaway, uh for, for that track prep. And it's, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's really a science to that, though, isn't it? There's a lot of factors at play, right? Yes, yeah, just, you know, everybody says, well, how do you do this, how do you do that, but all I do is keep watching the track during the day, just how the track turns colors with the moisture, and that's all you can do is just watch the track, you know, there is no set pattern week in and week out to do. It's not an exact science, is it? It's not an exact science, no, it's uh, rolling the dice. Most of the time, I've been rolling them pretty good lately, so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Merle Lizaway, good catching up with you, and, uh, uh, Happy track prepping uh, the rest of the summer 2022. Thank you very much.